Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. Well, welcome. Today, I'm joined by Steve Keys and Peter Fowler. And uh, these two gentlemen are the backbone of our project management training. They have created a clustered version of the Certificate 4 in uh, project management principles that um, we're rolling out. And uh, we are really, really lucky to have them on board with SPEC training as part of our our push into project management. So welcome, fellows. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. So we'll get started by just maybe asking uh, Peter, what's the background behind the way you've developed this particular project management approach? Yeah, well, uh, over the last uh, 20 years or so, I've been delivering project management qualifications for a, a number of RTOs. And we always had a problem in the past where, particularly at the Cert 4 level, as you're developing up your skills, they, being team members, they would attend the training and then go back to work to collect the evidence but never come back to submit because it was too hard for them to actually come across that particular evidence or evidence that they had specific involvement in. So, um, so we thought that that was a, a great change. So um, about seven years ago, um, I was approached by uh, one of my clients, uh, a government organisation in civil construction, who uh, was interested in getting their design cadets to finish off their qualifications by doing a Cert for in project management. But because they hadn't physically been in the workplace managing projects or helping them manage projects, it meant that they couldn't actually get the evidence. So we created the integra- what we call the integrated program uh, which goes through the principles, gets them to practice in class, and they use a case study during the, the classroom time to work as teams to develop up a, uh, a, the project artefacts. And, um, and that, that proved so successful that that organisation then um, spread that through most of their uh, organisation. They're still running um, today with the same program. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and Steve, you've run this quite a few times. Uh, tell me about how you um, a- approach the the group themselves. How do you, I guess, spring it on them the way they're actually going to uh, take part in, in um, the scenario-based approach that you've created? Well, we always start off with, um, you know, our courses are very conversational. They're not a chalk and talk session. This is really about... Um, Participants need to get involved and be a part of this sort of learning activity. And what we found is that it works extremely well uh, by putting them in small groups. They have to collaborate. They have to problem solve. Um, They're organically building teams along the way. They don't even know it. But the results are fantastic because, um, you know, people can see how they can apply this theory back in a really practical way and importantly how that gets applied back into their own workforce so there's a connection between you know providing the theory in something that's digestible so people can understand the case study underpins and hinges all of the activities and it's not really even the case study it's about the activities and the involvement of the group that brings about the results so Mm. it's really about how they understand that they can then apply this back at work and it seems to just seems to resonate with people. People are able to digest the content really easily and we get some really fantastic feedback around that. So they're happy to get involved after they've been involved in the first activity or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so they, they, 
that yeah, you, you get the feeling that once they've uh, started to digest it, they realize that this is a great way forward and, and you get even more momentum from that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And they're learning just as much from each other as they are from us. You know, this, um, this ability to collaborate and, and, and garner um, information and knowledge from their group is really important. It's embedded in it. We don't, you know, it wasn't something we deliberately set out to achieve, but what we found is that the feedback from people are, geez, I love that group work. I learned so much from, you know, this person or that person or that person. And it's, you know, there's real value in that. There's something that you can't sort of get in a, in a more um, traditional training environment, I think. Uh, yeah. And um, to, to add on to that, because one of the things that we've found over the years is that if we incorporate uh, the diploma students as well in, into the courses, because the theory is the same theory, regardless of what qualification they achieve at the end. Um, so with their attendance in the course, we can actually get whole project teams involved and you've got different levels of experience um, that they can actually impart some of their knowledge and experiences onto others. Uh, so it really gives a, you know, a deeper, you know, richness to the, uh, you know, the, the lessons that they're actually taking away. Uh, Steve, what is the yep. purpose, do you think, of, um, of someone gaining a certificate for qualification in project management these days? Well, project management is a very broad set of skill bases that all employees are looking for, people to not just manage the technical component of projects, but there's this, you know, really important component of managing people and managing resources. So for me, um, the principles that we teach out of this course, you can apply across a whole range of different industries, a whole range of different disciplines, um, you know, and the, the fundamental principles and how you apply them, they don't change. It's about mm -hmm. the complexity of the work. It's about the, um, the industry that you're working in. They're the things that are unique and different. But, you know, you can apply what you learn in our courses into anything. And that's why I think it's, that's why it's so readily, um, you know, absorbed and accepted by the students. They walk away with something that they think and can use straight away. And that, you know, I don't know about you, but as, a, as somebody who's been in, you know, teaching people for 12 or 13 years or more, that's a really satisfying thing to walk away from the training and go, and you know what, people have learned something that's practical. You know, and I can apply it straight away. And, and Peter, you mentioned um, before that you can have diploma students sitting in on it. So what sort of skills are they taught along the way? What, what are the, uh, the main components of, uh, of the course that you're, uh, you're running? Yeah, so obviously we deal with each of the units of the, the competency standards for project management. But, uh, you know, scope, time, cost, quality, et cetera. Um, but really what underpins this is that we go back to basics. So a lot of people in project management are actually accidental project managers. They've come in as a project manager having done some other qualification um, previously and, uh, and they're an ex maybe an expert in their own field and get sort of tricked into running a project at work. Um, but they don't necessarily, they haven't necessarily gone back to work out the key principles of managing a project and planning it out and, and coordinating it. So we actually go through all of the core skills required to um, develop up the scope and work through it to analyse the stakeholders, uh, to develop up a, a work breakdown structure, a network diagram, critical path analysis, 
um, developing up a Gantt chart. So we we essentially go through all of those core things. So rather than uh, in a lot of cases, people have seen these artifacts, they haven't necessarily been involved in developing them from scratch. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the key strengths of our course is that we start from scratch. We use the case study. We don't give them anything completed. Uh, they actually go through and develop it up. Um, and, uh, and they find that very useful. We've had quite senior people come along on the courses um, thinking that, you know, this is going to be a doddle. And, uh, and at the end of it, they've said, this is fantastic. I've learned skills here or I've learned things that I've really not understood in the past. And it's given me a, a new understanding of the things that I have been doing. So, Steve, can you step us through the structure then of, of how it's run? So the days and, and, and what's involved in it? Well, typically we run, the cert forward run over, say, a six-day period um, or a five-day period, depending on client's net but um, we typically have been allowing about six days. Mm-hmm. And um, through that, we'll, we'll cover off things like the first few days will be around the introduction and some of the sort of more fundamental principles that sit in around project management in terms of the life cycle and um, the knowledge areas that they need to consider and, um, you know, how projects fit within an organisation often seems to be fairly consistent. Often people attending these courses, they're kind of doing the work or they're, um, you know, they're supporting projects or managing some projects to some level, but there's a real lack of understanding of why projects exist in the first place. So tend to spend a bit of time in that space, understanding the why before we get to what needs to be done. And for me, there's a, there's the penny drops for a lot of people about, well, I've never really considered why we're doing it. We just go out and we find out what needs to be done. But the why is important because it underpins the foundation of the project. It initiates the project properly. It helps identify benefits that the organisation are chasing and then it links projects back to the strategic goals. And that's, you know, that's why we're doing it. The what is the the nuts and bolts of what we then go through in terms of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of underpinning understanding of the, you know, the foundation that sits in behind what we're doing is really important. We try to spend a bit of time in that space explaining it. So that's, um, uh, that's in the first, what, a couple of days, maybe first three days or? or well, that, that first day, the first um, couple of sessions we talk about that sort of stuff we then jump into scoping the projects out and the case study is underpinning all of that work but we also jump into understanding stakeholder needs and their requirements you know making sure that the um the key stakeholders have some skin in the game and they're involved in this process of helping to scope the needs of the project Mm. you know it's really important that those key stakeholders have some influence or interest in what's going on and then we build a bit of a plan around what that means because it does inform how the scope um, needs to be defined. Um, And then we'll jump into the scope definition and this is really about, you know, for me, I think this is a key learning for most of the people who turn up is that this is the area we do poorly. This is where, you know, we talk about the challenges that people experiencing in project management, their experience in scope creep or poor definition of scope or, you know, the lack of ability to plan for things properly. And mm. really, for me, the scoping of the project is the, is the keystone to the rest of it. So we spend yeah. a bit of time in that space explaining why 
the activities really drive home the importance of that because everything we do from that point on, the scope is referenced back. We keep coming back to the scope of work and the deliverables and what that means to the rest of the project in terms of, you know, the work breakdown structure and the budget and the schedule and the quality plan and who's affected. And so, yeah, that for me, the first two days, really important that we get through though, that larger component of work. We typically jump into a bit of scheduling as well. And we definitely, we go into a bit of depth around scheduling and the importance of understanding how that scope looks across the life cycle. Um, and sort of there, the two, first two days are really that focus. We'll then jump into um, cost management and how that fits together, um, how we identify the key cost categories and the components, and then um, mapping out what that looks like in, in terms of a budget across the timeline. So we'll come up with a time phase budget. We'll put together S-curves. We'll talk about some earned value stuff. Um, but it starts to join the dots. People are starting to see that the scope, the budget and the schedule all fit together, mm. right? And I think that's a struggle in some projects is that there's a disconnect between what we scoped and really whether the budget and the schedule are realistic around what the, the needs of the stakeholders are for the mm. scope. So for me, those first three days, for first three or four days, really set the tone for the rest of the, the course that we, we run. And... Um, I think that's where their greatest learning is. I really yeah. do. Do you normally have a break between, say, the first three or four days and the last couple of days? How, how does that sort of work? Look, it depends. The client may want um, – it's really centred around what the client's needs are. So if it's a corporate client, an example that we did with um, one of our corporates recently was we run two days. Um, they'd go back into the workforce for a period of six to eight weeks and then we'd come back and run another two days. Um, and do that again for a third period. So another six to eight weeks and then come back and run the last two days. That seems to work pretty well. Um, it allows a couple of things. It allows people to digest the information, see how that works in their own project environment. Um, it gives them time to think about the assessment pieces that need to be done outside of the um, running. Um, but it also allows them to maintain, um, you know, it's not a big disruption to their work. So what we're finding is people can't people can't block out a full week just for training anymore. You know, it's very difficult no. for them mm. to commit to that. Um, and then we've had other clients where they get us back every two weeks. So it'll be two days and then two weeks break, two days, two weeks break, and two days. And, yeah. um, you know, it depends on what the client's needs are. We're pretty flexible. Mm. Um, I'm off to... Um, I'm off interstate soon and we'll be doing something similar to that, you know, probably a week to six weeks where... I'll do the first two sessions and then we'll come back and finish it off. So okay. depending on the very flexible. So, uh, Peter, when you developed this, um, how much of the assessment did you want to get done in the workplace as opposed to in class over the case study? What was your um, design philosophy there? We, we actually tried to get as much as possible in the, um, in the training space So while we had them in class. Uh, essentially because what we've found is that when people get back to work, they're so snowed under by work, they, they don't quite get the time to, um, to put in to create the evidence. Um, so there's an element of this where, uh, where we get their, a report back from the supervisor that um, sort of confirms what they've done previously or um, during the training program. 
um, but the majority of the evidence we try to get them to do in class. There is a knowledge component which they need to answer a series of questions and, uh, and they can be done in between the, um, the, the uh, face-to-face days um, and back at home or at work. Uh, but other than that, we, we've tried to get all of the physical evidence done while they're in the classroom. Great. And uh, Steve, what's some of the um, specific feedback you've had of clients who've actually graduated, who've finished, um, if you can recall any of it? What, what's some of the feedback you might get about how they can then uh, apply this in their work? Look, I think there's what sort of separates us out from some other offerings out there is that um, the things that they learn and they develop in class, they can actually see a practical use and purpose in their day-to-day. Most people who attend our training, the feedback is generally two things. One, it kind of validates that what they have been doing is not that far off the mark, right, which is pleasing from a, you know, if I'm a candidate coming into that type of environment, I don't want to be completely overwhelmed with a whole stack of new and different concepts or ideas, right? Project management's a fairly... um, it's a systematic approach to managing a body of work. It's certainly not rocket science. So um, they're not blindsided by potentially anything that we're doing, but what it's doing, it's going, actually it's validating what I do is somewhere near where it needs to be. But more importantly, the second component is it identifies gaps. And so those gaps that create efficiency for them back in their workplace. Mm-hmm. It might be a tool or a template or a process or a, a collaboration piece. It might be something that we're doing in that environment that they can then go, that has a direct connection to what I'm doing at work and I can see the benefits straight away, right? Mm, right. Mm. Um, the beauty of working in these projects where we, we do two days here and we come back in six weeks, the feedback of what how they've been able to apply that those first two days' learnings and what it's meant to them in projects it's really, yeah, it's amazing. I love, I love the fact that they've been able to grab something and apply it straight away and they've seen a benefit. You know, mm. the first two days we really focus on that scoping, um, stakeholders, scheduling and the why piece and it makes them go back into the workplace and just question a few things or it might make them go back and revisit their stakeholders and go, you know what, I, I need to rethink this. I need mm. to reestablish and priorities around who these guys are because I've missed somebody or I've inadvertently um, misjudged what that stakeholder needs were. So they're really practical tools. Like that's for me, that's the benefit I think that comes out of a course like this. Yeah. I like what you said there. Yeah, so, sorry. Uh, I like what you said there, Steve, is it's, it's a systematic approach to managing a, a, a business. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that's simplifying it down to exactly what project management's all about. And that makes me think of all these project management methodologies that are out there. So we have Prince2, we have PMBOK, we have uh, Agile, we have ISO. So, Peter, when designing this, what was your, again, what was your approach? What was your methodology that, that you wanted to be able to teach and why? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the focus that we took was... Uh, obviously, the competency standards are written in the knowledge areas in PMBOK and the ISO standard. And, um, but we wanted to make sure that this could actually fit in regardless of the methodology that they're using. And I think that's, that's really the key point is that we don't go in and try to hammer through a set process 
It's really understanding what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how that improves the piece of work or the, the management of the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, as Steve mentioned before, that's why we try to take that practical approach where uh, we're trying to get them to understand how they normally manage their work and just improving that um, by covering the, you know, the theory of project management. Uh, and I think that's that's is one of its main strengths. In a lot of cases, um, people are following a methodology, and it's a, it's simply painting by numbers. They're filling in documents and they're sending them to people, but they're not necessarily achieving anything with it, or they don't know what it is that it's supposed to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the gap. So that's that's some of the feedback that we have received previously. Is you know people come back and say, I have been doing this, but the way I've been doing it, it hasn't been useful. This is actually going to make it useful. And, um, and so it's, it's that value add, I think, is having that understanding of, of not um, you know, necessarily what to do because they have been doing that, but how to do it to get the best value from it, I think is one of the key lessons that they can take away. So one of the approaches, and I really appreciate that, by the way, I think um, people can get too bogged down in the whole idea of, uh, filling out templates, as you mentioned, and uh, and I know some of the approaches to teaching project management are exactly that. Here's a bunch of templates. This is what you have to do. Don't even think outside the square. Just make sure yeah. it's completed properly, or you don't get through. So I really, it's really um, buoying to hear that. Uh, with the agile approach, which is something that obviously IT, the IT world seems to work on, but it's also um, being uh, utilised more in. Uh, any sort of development where things are happening quickly. How, how do you address that in the training? And I might um, throw that question to Steve. Sure. It does. The conversation comes around pretty quickly to that, particularly when people are yeah. playing in a, uh, a very fast-paced environment where they've got to be fairly agile, for want of a better, better term. So um, I think agile is really you know, these approaches to managing projects from a methodology point of view, I think it makes sense that we grab components of whatever is available to us that gives us better outcomes. So, um, you know, Pinbock typically says, well, we want to have a really fairly well-defined scope before we launch too much into um, execution of the project. But having said that, there might be components of the scope that need to take an agile approach where we're capturing client requirements and we're running short iterations of that body of work. And that, mm-hmm. for me, I want to embrace that. I want to talk about the uniqueness of that type of work and, and agile has a place to play in that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't we don't say one, one methodology is more important than the other. I think the approach we need to take is that you can utilise hybrids of each of these approaches depending on the type of work that you're doing. So Agile, it has a place, but it's appropriate for certain components of the project. So, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't potentially look at Agile to go and build a structure or, you know, create, create a road or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Because it mm. doesn't make a lot of sense. But there might be something within that component that, might be very unique and we've never done before. So let's take an agile approach where we start to capture requirements and build small small iterations of those um, and be prepared to come back and revisit and change and, and adapt and be flexible in that space. So long answer for a short, what should be a short response. The, the right response is all methodologies can be applied. Yeah, I like in, it. In separate components. Yeah. 
So the other question I get asked is, why the Cert four? Why don't you go in with the diploma? Um, and that's probably a naive question when you really know the background of it. But let's say most people don't know the background. So, um, Peter, why the Cert four and not the diploma? And if they get the Cert four, how easy is it for them to go on and complete a diploma? Yeah, as I mentioned before, um, we actually incorporate both um, Cert four and diploma candidates in the same training program. Uh, because as, as I mentioned, the theory of project management is the theory of project management. Um, it, it's just which role you're in. I think the uh, qualifications are based on role more than anything else. Uh, and so ultimately, um, we want the diploma candidates to still be able to attend this training program and learn the, the core theory, but then they'll move on. And after they've done the training course, they'll then go and collect their evidence on the projects that they have been running or about to run and, uh, and then show those as the evidence of, of their particular project and, uh, and how they're applying it. But what it does is that um, we've actually found that it's a lot easier for them to do that. Uh, we can actually do some of the assessment for the diploma in class because we're still seeing their interaction and communication skills and those sorts of things. Uh, we're still seeing their ability to be able to create um, Gantt charts, schedules and budgets. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just that we'll need additional evidence because it's not their project that they're responsible for according to the standards. Um, so they attend the course and then they'll um, submit, you know, three assignments afterwards that goes through um, small chunks of their project, the planning of it, the execution of it and the finalisation of it and submit that as their evidence to then um, finish off their assessment piece. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it does give them a much better grounding because although uh, you actually said we, we do provide them with a range of templates at the diploma level so that they, if they don't have anything at the, in the workplace, then they've got something to start from. Mm -hmm. um, but what we find is that because they've gone through the course, they've got those core skills to be able to you know, know exactly what to do and how to do it. And, and it's a lot easier for them then to create evidence if it doesn't already exist. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. One of the things to do with that, Dan, is that a lot yeah. of people come through and they've got the experience and they're managing projects, but the form, formal approach and the structure doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah. So that's what's missing in a lot of organisations is they are managing successful projects but really don't have the formal formalisation or the structure in place that would get them through an assessment process. So the courses help them understand that and, you know, very practically we're able to show them how those things can come together. And then if they come back through the diploma process, Peter's right, they, they then have that opportunity to apply what they've learnt in the course and get some formalisation and structure to their work. So not only for the assessment but for ongoing work. So it seems to benefit them in that way, I would say as well. Yeah. And, and Sorry, Peter, why wouldn't someone... Uh, want to get a university qualification in project management if, if they need some sort of formality to it? What, why would they go for a vocational qualification, do you think? Well, there obviously are quite a few people that do chase a university degree um, if they've already got a degree, say engineering degree and the like. And uh, to tell you the truth, I've uh, not you know, quite recently come across a participant who had just finished a university degree and came to do the Cert 4 uh, essentially because the university degree, although it talks about fairly high level theoretical 
um, models and, and ideas. It doesn't actually cover the grounding and the basis, the, those core skills of physically managing a project. Um, and so I think that, you know, if people already have a good grounding and they, uh, they know the nuts and bolts of project management, then uh, the next best step is to probably go on and do a university degree and learn, you know, the higher principles involved. But, um, but unless you've got that grounding, you're sort of wasting your time. Um, you, you know, it doesn't matter how much you talk about those higher principles. If you don't understand the, the core elements, then uh, you're not really going to um, get any advantage from it. Yeah, well, actually, I speak from some experience. Back in 2001, I did some um, project management level, uh, sorry, university level training in project management, and I found it... Um, I won't say completely useless because that's a bit of a slur on the university, but um, very non-applicable. There you go, I might yeah. say it that way. So I, I do actually agree with um, with what you've just said from a personal perspective. And I've found that the vocational one, as you guys run it especially, is really geared towards someone uh, taking the knowledge immediately and applying it. Yeah, you know, immediately. Yeah, right. we, we call it practical. It's a practical approach to the training um, it's not because a lot of, as you sort of mentioned it before, a lot of the other courses, our, our contemporaries, they're out there and they're, it's chalk and talk. They're talking the theory. They get them to go away, and, but they're that busy at work. They don't actually apply it, and therefore they lose that very quickly, mm-hmm. um, you know, and particularly in adults. If you're not getting them, you know, it's, it's, it's seeing it, it's talking about it, it's feeling and touching, it's, it's actually getting involved. Uh, that's what we find to be, you know, one of the, the key advan- advantages of the way that we run it. Yeah. Well, I really You've appreciate to your... Um, I've gone Peter safe, huh? I've just got to talk Peter and myself up a bit of here as well, Dan, because um, we're, we're, we're practising project managers. We're not academics, and, you know, the world needs academics, which is great. But these courses, Peter and I are both practising PMs. We've been doing this for many, many years. Um, we've seen the theory applied we've got lots of war stories about you know what works and what doesn't work and it's that relatability that we often get feedback around from the participants is that not only do you guys understand what you're talking about but you can give us practical um, examples of how that's how that's uh, been applied and why we would need to do something different or take a different approach so Pete um, you know he's got decades worth of experience in this space and you know I'm fairly similar so we bring we bring a lot of um, we bring a lot of practical stories and effort and knowledge and experience to the table, and sometimes you don't get that if it's more theory based. I think mm-hmm. that's true. Well, that's in a nutshell. That's exactly why we're so excited to have you partnering with us. So, um, thank you, um, Peter and Steve, for partnering with with Spec Training and uh, delivering your um, certificate for and uh, diploma courses through Spec Training. Uh, we hope to have a, a lot of growth over the next couple of years with your help. And um, yeah, we, without any further ado, I, I bid you farewell. And I think we'll, uh, we're running a course in the next couple of months that we're getting a lot of interest in. So again, uh, thank you very much for your time today and also your experience in project management. So thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Dan.